BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here today. I am coming at you from New York City, from my old stomping grounds, the real OGs of TBB. will know that I used to live here in New York, and I haven't been back in years. I cannot believe how long it's been, kind of because I had a baby and the world was shut down for a couple of years, and it just feels so good to be back. The energy is amazing. I'm getting so much done, manifesting right and left, and it feels really good. So today, I want you to help me welcome my dear friend and soul sister, Lily Ashwell, to the podcast. Lily has been on the show once before, and you may know her for many reasons. One, because she is an extremely talented astrologer. She's an astrologer to the stars, as well as she created the Heavenly Bodies Astrology Deck that is hands down the most beautiful artwork I have ever seen. I always say, if you want to know what my soul's home looks like, take a look at Lily's deck, as well as just all of her art. She's able to capture the cosmos so beautifully. And she really speaks the language of the stars. So with astrology and the tarot, Jean Keys, which I've learned a lot about from her, and artwork in general. Lily has taken spirituality by storm, and you may also know her from her old clothing store, Lily Ashwell. If you're LA local, this was an iconic store, and she ended up closing it down to focus on her healing. We healed from Lyme disease together, and we give a big update on the Lyme healing journey in this episode which I'm really happy to talk about because it's been a while since we have discussed Lyme. And we've both done a lot of different things to heal. So you got to tune into the episode to hear what all those things are. I'm excited to have a conversation where we talk about the tarot, very much for beginners because I am still a total beginner, as well as the Gene Keys, like I said, astrology, 
And at its core, this episode is really just two very, very close friends catching up. She is my sister. She's my Pleiadian light beam. And I'm so thankful for her. And I just love her to the moon. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to remind you that we have my VIP waitlist. You can sign up for my meditation platform. It is launching now in a matter of weeks, so I promise it's coming. And you can find yourself on the wait list by going to the show notes and just entering your email where you will then be eligible for launch day pricing, as well as giveaways, VIP offerings, live channelings with me. We're going to do huge giveaways. It's going to be so special. So tune in to that and then shop TBB merch for the holidays. You can also find that link in the show notes. And without further chit chat, let's get into this episode with Lily Ashwell. Lily, my precious angel my favorite person truly in the world. I'm so happy that you're here and that we're doing this. This morning when I was getting ready to come in and I always have this moment of like, this is going to be a lot of energy. I got to get prepared for that type of day. And then I thought, Lily's coming on today. This is just a gift. Like I just get to hang out with one of my best friends. Every conversation that we have We always say we should have just recorded that for the podcast. So here we are. Like we're back on the living room sofa, just chatting. Exactly. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Your face is already shape-shifting. So happy to be here. (laughs) So happy to have you here. It's amazing. You already know somebody in this office. You went to middle school with her. She was so excited to see you. Mm -hmm. Such a small world. So the last time you were on the show... I think it was like it was like two, two or three, or three years, years ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we talked about our healing journeys. We talked about bee venom therapy, how you heal from Lyme, our connection, our sisterhood, all those things. And since then, life has kind of just exploded in all these beautiful directions. Yeah. You're an astrologer. You are so knowledgeable about the gene keys, about tarot, all things esoteric. You're an incredible artist. I could sing your praises on every level, just beyond. So I just want to talk to you about all of those things. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's like, it's such an honor to be here. And you're one of my favorite people to talk to about healing and about spirituality and all of the things. This is a beautiful moment. So I'm grateful to be here with you. Such a gift. I'm so happy. So let's kind of just start with how are you feeling? Because people do know if they listen to our last episode, we've both had similar struggles with chronic illness, Lyme, being sensitive humans in this world, being starseeds in this world. How are you feeling physically? I feel light years healthier than I did the last time we spoke. My body is still sensitive. I don't feel sick with Lyme anymore. I don't feel like I'm living in a sick body. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm living in a sensitive body and I've learned how to take care of myself and how to kind of maintain a feeling of health and resilience. And I've learned how to kind of catch the red flags and how to look out for them when they come. That takes time and patience. And I think that's really been the journey for me is learning how to take best care of this sensitive body that I've been given. And of course, like recognizing the gifts that come with that sensitivity, which is my ability to 
channel and absorb this esoteric information that comes kind of readily accessible to me because of my sensitivity. True. And the way that I kind of express it with my art and it's a direct byproduct of the sensitive mm-hmm. nature of my mind, body, and spirit. I love thinking of it that way. Mm-hmm. And that actually gives me something that I've already learned from mm-hmm. what you're saying, which is not living in a sick body, but living in a sensitive body. Yeah. That's so true for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest difference for me too. When people say, how are you feeling? And what's the change? Like, I still have flare-ups. There's no like destination of being 100% healthy, I think, for people, for anybody, because we're sensitive, Mm -hmm. but we're not sick. Yeah. We've come so far. Yeah. Everybody listening, Lily and I have water fasted together. Yeah. We have done ketamine therapy, ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. You've done the bean protocol. You Mm -hmm. did the bee venom. We have tried Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. And all those things have brought me profound healing. But, and I know this is true for you as well. It's not only like profound physical shifts in healing that have kind of happened through the plant medicines and the, and the deep healing treatments, but the kind of deeper layers of emotional and spiritual and mental shifts that kind of Mm -hmm. accompany those journeys have turned me into someone who I recognize on like a much deeper soul level than I did when I looked in the mirror five years ago before all of this. And I think that's one of the reasons that astrology has been such a teacher and such a huge part of my personal healing path, but also my gift and my offering is I can see the journey of my health struggles and my healing and how that path has been a process of bringing me home to myself and activating the gifts that I'm here to kind of share with the world. And I see the same thing in your chart as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just, you know, these challenges we've been given are so hard, but I think having these systems, whether it's astrology or human design or the gene keys that kind of create context around what it is that we struggle with, we understand how to use it as a gift and how to empower ourselves through something that could make us feel like a victim. Yeah, that's so well said. And I feel so lucky to have such a talented astrology reader as such a dear friend, because it's really cool to hear you say you can see that in our charts, Mm -hmm. in your chart and in mine. Yeah. And so for everybody listening who doesn't maybe know as much about astrology, Mm -hmm. what do you see like in your chart and in mine? Yeah. Well, where I always begin my readings is looking at the North and South node, because that's Mm. kind of like if we're a soul having a human experience in this particular life is just one of many where we're learning and evolving in ways that we haven't been able to in lifetimes past. Our North Node explains where it is we're going and our South Node describes what it is we're moving away from and where we kind of got stuck in our previous lives. And it's also going to represent our gifts and our talents and the things that come naturally to us, but also like the comfort zone that's going to keep us from moving forward towards that North Node and that destiny Mm -hmm. point. And so my north node is in Aries in the eighth house. So it's like my Aries north node is about kind of embracing that like fresh start and like a new, like a cycle breaker kind of energy. So mm-hmm. all, already there, I know that I'm here to kind of like pave a new a new path in life mm-hmm. and like have a different experience. And then maybe the status quo or what's been kind of shown to me through my family line. And my south node is in Libra. 
a Libra South node is going to struggle with people pleasing and like you're going to want to sort of be liked and you're going to be considerate. And so you're going to have like a hypersensitivity to what it is that people want from you and how to sort of please the people around you. But your challenge is going to be to own your truth no matter what and to mm -hmm. not sort of fall into that trap. And with these types of healing journeys, we try some really kind of out there treatments and we choose a way of living that is not the status quo. And we do things like bee venom therapy and ayahuasca that are, you know, difficult for our family and friends to understand sometimes. And I know we've both dealt with that of like judgment from the people around us and really anchoring into that soul knowing that this is for my healing. And I just, I can't quite explain logically why I need to do this thing, but I just have to honor what I know is true. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the North and South node creates like the architecture and the context around our life as a whole. And then the intricacies of the heart of the chart, like the sun, moon rising and all the other planets are kind of in service to that North and South node. Mm. And our moon for everyone is kind of like our emotional response to life and also like what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And my moon is in the 12th house and the 12th house is a place of kind of like restriction or feeling like you're not able to fully express like your life force and your vitality and you're kind of like held back and that restricted moon in the 12th house is in Virgo so that's health and so I can see that like mm -hmm. health is the thing that sort of like keeps me blocked but the 12th house is a place of where you're kind of hidden, but it's also the most spiritual house. And so it's like through connecting to my innate spirituality and understanding my place and the kind of universal web is something that I also have access to as well. I could go on and on and we no, could spend so this whole hour talking about it, but it's like the chart is like a, a treasure hunt. Yeah. And I think your moon is in the sixth house. Mm -hmm. It's in the sixth house mm -hmm. in Cancer and your Chiron's in there. And so your spiritual injury, your wound is in that house of health. Mm -hmm. And the sixth house is also the house of work. And so it's like your moon is the way you take care of yourself is through like how you show up for this challenge you've been given with your health and and cancer as well as family. And I know that you are really nourished by your family. You're really close with your family. And then the cancer is also the mother archetype and your mom. And I know Atticus is such a healer and teacher for you. Mm -hmm. And and I remember when you felt so called to be a mother and you were really struggling still with your health. And I was as well. And I remember you saying, I just know that like, you know, I know it's not logic. I know that like, I'm still struggling. I'm not like on paper perfectly healed, but like, this is just, it's my time. Yeah. And like, you can see in your chart that like being a mother is a part of your healing journey and how you take care of yourself. And yeah, that makes me want to cry. Yeah. And Atticus is a cancer moon. So of course, yeah, like he had to come at that perfect time. Yeah. To be that cancer moon, Sagittarius sun, Scorpio yeah. rising. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could spend this no, entire episode talking and about your chart and one day we will. We we'll will. do like a chart breakdown episode because I think that would be super interesting too. Okay. 
Okay, I am talking to my fellow moms. Moms know this. Routines are good. We like routines. They help with the chaos of life. And that's why I cannot live without my easy yet completely effective routine from Dime Beauty. Time is a luxury and Dime Beauty has been helping me get my time back. Dime Beauty is a clean, high-end skincare line that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient so you can use their products daily with confidence. So I started using it because I wanted to take the guesswork out of my routine. So I started with their works collection. I don't have time for a 10-step routine and I also don't have the patience. So the works system is everything that you could ever want in one powerful package. It has a cleanser, a toner, two serums, and two moisturizers. It is wonderful. They have over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. Right now, they also have free shipping on orders over $50 and 100% satisfaction guarantee on every single product. Love your skin again? Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I discuss everything from relationships, health, wellness, business, parenting, friendships. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday, anywhere you get your podcasts. Going back to something about your chart, the Virgo moon in the 12th house. So for everybody listening, Lily is an Aries. You're not only an Aries North node, you're an Aries sun. Yeah. And you're not the stereotypical Aries. And of course, everybody's different. I have so many Aries in my life. Most of them are extremely fiery, assertive. I mean, the ones that I love, they do so beautifully. But there's people who can be kind of like a turnoff to me who are very, very fiery, very Aries, very almost like egocentric in their fire. And you're so reserved in such this like graceful, poised, beautiful way that I've really only seen ever embodied by you. It's like this graceful energy of purity. It's so special. And it's just so not Aries. And so we've always talked about this, like you're such a Virgo kind of archetype. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. am. And I think that's true. Like our sun sign is what we all kind of learn about first. And like in pop culture astrology, it's sometimes what most people will only know of Mm -hmm. their chart is their sun sign. But I would say the thing that really describes us most specifically is probably our rising. And I am a Virgo rising and a Virgo moon. That Virgo Pisces energy is like are the two energies that are most prevalent in the intricacies of my chart and what I most identify with. And 
ironically, those two are opposite signs, Virgo being earth and kind of embodiment and Pisces being water and spirit. And so that kind of like embodied spirituality and creating like organization around spirituality is what I feel most connected to. But the Aries is my son and that expresses itself in the eighth house. And so the eighth house is the house of, of fear of death, not death as we think of it, but you know, the, the death rebirth cycle Mm -hmm. that we go through many times throughout our lives and of healing and of ancestral healing and like the deep kind of shamanic work that you and I have both been Mm -hmm. drawn to over the years. And so that's the realm where I feel very brave and I feel courageous and I feel the way that I've shown up for myself in my healing journey has been with the fearlessness and like a fiery kind of spirit that is very much my Aries. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why the houses are so such an important layer is because where that sun, in my case, Aries is placed is where that energy is going to be expressed. Yeah. So like my Aries, that bold Aries spirit isn't in the sixth house for me, which is like everyday life and how Mm -hmm. I sort of show up for my day to day. And so you don't see that side of me there. But if you sit next to me in a plant medicine ceremony, Mm -hmm. you're going to see it. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy that you just said that. Well, first of all, super helpful because everybody listening, there's not a lot of skeptics listening to this podcast, but there are so many people who are skeptical. Like how could all Aries be the same? How could all Virgos be the same? They're so not. And it's, you've got to get into that full wheel and the houses and all of that. But also it's so crazy because we have this telepathic connection. Mm -hmm. And before you said the thing about the plant medicine, I was getting this like massive vision about sitting next to you in a plant medicine ceremony, which we haven't had the chance to do together, but like seeing it in our future and also like really, really wanting to do it with you and feeling this comfort between time not existing. Yeah. It's just wild that you just brought that up. Yeah. Every time we talk and I look into your eyes and you're the only person I experience this with where I feel like I'm looking at myself in your eyes. We have like the same color eyes, Uh I think, but it's like, yeah. yeah. And hair Mm -hmm. and our fair skin. Yeah. Because we're pleading. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because a lot lot of things. Wow. So cool. Mm -hmm. So if people wanted to like figure out, for example, the house that their sun sign is in, you would recommend that that be like a starting point. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On my website, there's a free tool, my birth chart tool, and it'll not only give you your chart, but it'll give you like a written breakdown of where your planets are in the zodiac, the sign, and also the houses. Mm-hmm. And then you can use my deck to sort of like break apart what that means to have your sun and Aries in the eighth house, or you can go on like a Google rampage mm-hmm. about it. Or you can book a reading with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're doing a lot of readings now. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of readings. Tell us what those look like. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I have such a passion for helping people create context and clarity around the things that they find most challenging and blocked by in life because of my direct experience with feeling those ways around my health, most likely, and the sense of empowerment and kind of productivity that astrology kind of gave me when I started to look at my own healing journey through that lens. So I work really hard at creating that same sense of clarity for my clients. And then it's funny, I think that it's so helpful for me to help people understand 
who they are, why they're here, like what a fulfilling life might look like to them because we're fed this narrative like through societal programming around like what success looks like, what the markers are that we're supposed to hit through life as we age and a fulfilling life and a sense of inner peace and accomplishment is not one size fits all. And it is all laid out in the birth chart. And so it's really helpful for people to have me reflect back to them, like what will actually like light their soul up and what it is that they actually came here to activate within themselves and offer to the world. So the readings are something that I'm really passionate about right now because I'm working on some courses and some kind of teaching programs. And the best way for me to kind of design those courses and programs is to be working one-on-one with people and kind of understanding what the questions are and what it is and how it is that I can communicate this like very potentially overwhelming complex system in a way that feels digestible and accessible for people. And so the readings are an offering that people receive a lot from, but I also gain a lot of clarity through in terms of my greater Mm-hmm. vision and purpose. Love that. Yeah. And do people typically do like one reading with you or do they do like a series of Both. learning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have people that I do just like one-offs, like maybe they're going through a challenging time and they need some help and guidance. And so we'll do just a one-off there. But I have people that I do like a couple times a month or every few months. Um, so it looks different mm-hmm. person to person. I love that. Mm-hmm. And your specific way of reading a chart is so special and it's so different from what I've ever seen anybody else do. Just like yeah. your lens into yeah. that world. I always say this, but you are from that world. Whatever the world of all the constellations and up in the stars and that whole system I feel like that's where your soul is from. I work with the tarot a lot as well. And I was talking to my mom actually the other day. I was giving her a tarot reading and she was surprised at my kind of fluency in that language because it's also a language. And Mm -hmm. I was saying whether it's tarot, whether it's astrology, like no matter what it is, it feels like a language that I was raised speaking like as a child and then I forgot. Mm -hmm. And now it's just a remembrance. Like it's not the first time that I'm learning this stuff. When I start studying astrology or the tarot, it's just, it's something that's innate and already in me. And, And I know I've spent, I've had like past life regressions and past life visions where I know that this has been a a path of mine for many lives. So it is very much a a remembrance. Yeah, that's the impression that I get with your fluency of it all. And just it's a very, they're very complex systems to digest. And you just do it in such an accessible way and just such like a deep way. It's like, whoa, it is your language. Yeah. And I really want to do, I want to do a tarot reading with you. Yeah. I think that that would be so fun. Let's do that for sure. So how did you get into the tarot? And I know we were talking about the ways that it connects to mm-hmm. astrology mm-hmm. and then connects to like everything else. Tell us, I'm so fascinated by all this. I mean, no one really knows like how or when or who the tarot originated. It's like a bit of a mystery, but the system itself is very much connected to astrology. So it came after astrology. And for people who aren't familiar, the tarot is a collection of 78 cards. They're divination cards. And the first 22 
is a group called the Major Arcana, which is basically the the first card of the Major Arcana is the Fool, and then the last is the World, and the journey from the Fool to the World is the the hero's journey. So anyone who's familiar with that, it's kind of like this archetypal process of venturing off into the unknown, of leaving home, going on a journey and growing and evolving and actually returning home to yourself, like back to the place that you started but changed. Mm -hmm. So that story is, it inspires like so many of the great works of art, like Lord of the Rings, like the story of Frodo or the Wizard of Oz, the story Mm -hmm. of Dorothy. And so the tarot with these 22 major arcana cards describe the different stages of that journey. And then the remaining 56 cards of the minor arcana describe like kind of the subtler like nuances of what could go into that journey. So the majors are like the big life themes and then the minors are like the little details of Mm -hmm. those themes. And they are rooted in astrology in the sense that it's a energetic language, but you don't need to know your birth information. Like it's not like we have like a tarot chart. It's simply like a tool, like an Oracle Mm -hmm. deck where you can tap into the universe or to spirit or to your high self, whatever it is you're connecting with and create a tarot spread for yourself or do it for someone and trust that those cards that you pulled are delivering a message that you need to explore. And it'll help you say, I was nervous coming to have this interview today and say, I pulled the fool card it would be an indication to sort of like step outside of like my comfort zone and my little nest in Topanga and open myself to, you know, whatever it is this yeah. conversation might reveal to me and and show me something in myself that I haven't yet activated. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah, kind of totally. how you would work with the tarot. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then there's different ways to pull, right? Like you could yeah. pull one card or... What I've never understood because I like have all these decks at home Mm -hmm. and I just pull them in fun ways. Mm -hmm. The layouts that you can do. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of different like traditional tarot spreads. Like the Celtic cross is probably what you're Mm -hmm. like feeling overwhelmed about, which is like a huge like traditional tarot spread. And that can be overwhelming. And that's not somewhere that you need to start. I think what's something that's so important, whether it's tarot or astrology, is like there's no like tarot police or like astrology police. It's like to empower yourself to kind of create your own connection with these systems Mm -hmm. and to give yourself the permission to play with whatever spread feels like accessible and intuitive to you. And if that's a three card spread, like a past, present, future using the tarot deck, like a hundred percent, that's totally cool. And that's what I do most of the time when I'm working personally with the tarot is I don't have time to do like 10 card hour long spread for myself every morning, but I'll do like, I'll do three cards, Mm -hmm. usually past, present, future. And that's something that feels kind of digestible. Yeah. I love it. That's what I usually do too. Now that I'm thinking about it, three. Yeah. And Jonathan makes fun of me because I can never pull just one. (laughs) That's just me with everything. Like I can never just tell one story like I always have to like build upon and he's always like just pull one I think that's good though Mm -hmm. like and tarot specifically like sometimes we'll pull a card and it won't resonate and we'll be like I don't know about that and it's actually like a good idea and encouraged to pull a second card in relationship to that Mm -hmm. first card to tell a whole story yeah yes yeah totally Mm -hmm. 
How fitting that we're talking about ketamine therapy in this episode because today we are sponsored by Mindbloom. Mindbloom is an incredible at-home ketamine therapy program that I highly recommend whenever anyone comes to me and says, how can I experience the benefits of psychedelic healing for trauma, for depression, for anxiety, and how can I do this at home with a trusted therapist, with a program that I can really, really feel good about? I always say mind bloom. So did you know that traditional antidepressants only work for about 40 to 60% of people? They can also come with side effects. And some people just don't want to have to rely on taking something for the rest of their life. So what I love about ketamine therapy is that it unlocks your brain It gives you a new way of thinking about and seeing the world, and it is a guided program. It is a new tool to improve your mental health at home, ketamine therapy. Mindbloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 Mindbloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. Right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com blonde and use promo code blonde. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mindbloom. Mindbloom.com blonde, promo code blonde. Do you ever wish that you had visibly thicker hair? How about less shedding? Or maybe stress is causing your hair to thin, or maybe it's the other way around. There are multiple root causes of hair thinning, and Nutrafol addresses key root causes through a whole body approach to hair health. I have been using Nutrafol ever since I had a baby because postpartum hair thinning is so common. And Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. From postpartum to menopause to plant-based lifestyles and beyond, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women through any stage of life. They are drug-free, science-backed ingredients, so you are sure to get the most reliable results. Go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz. You can identify the causes of your thinning hair, and they will give you a personalized plan through their whole body health approach. They also have a vegan formula, and 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking their supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code BALANCED. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code BALANCED. That's Nutrafol.com promo code BALANCED.
something about cards, which I feel like I, I have to say on here. I mm-hmm. don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast, but I know that I've told you was when I was in Spain and I did that crazy mushroom ceremony, like 4.5 grams of mushrooms, which showed me more than I've ever seen from really any plant medicine ceremony ever. We pulled a card before we went in and I pulled the Wheel of Fortune and it wasn't a tarot card or anything. It was like the shaman's own deck. But when we did the medicine, I became that woman. I became the woman on the card. And I went through the journey that is described that she goes on in that card. I was the archetype. Yeah. And I really went from somebody who loves this kind of stuff, who thinks it's fun, who doesn't really understand all the complexities and nuances to the biggest believer in the channeled elements of these cards, all types of cards. A hundred percent. And like the tarot, especially, and astrology, it's the language of archetype. And so then it's like, what is an archetype? It's a universal truth. It's like an expression of consciousness. And it's like, what does that even mean? And it's like, if we think of consciousness just as like life force energy, as like spirit that wants to be made manifest somehow in this earthly realm. And so it kind of like breaks itself apart into like different ways of expressing itself. So it's like Aries is one expression of consciousness. Taurus is another. Or in the tarot, it would be like the hermit is one expression. The wheel of fortune is another. And they represent universal truths that we as humans are always going to move through and experience throughout our life here on earth. So these fractals of consciousness are encoded into our being and they kind of like move in and through us and the cards can, you know, energy is abstract and our mind needs to make things linear to kind of understand them. And I think that these systems, astrology, tarot, human design, gene keys, it creates language and organization around what otherwise is just sort of this like felt energetic, like shapeless thing. And Mm -hmm. it helps us kind of make sense of it. Then this kind of gets into the conversation of like frequency and like that's what the gene keys is so brilliant at. And I'm like a baby student of the Gene Keys. It's something that I'm like learning more and more about. Mm -hmm. But Richard Rudd, who channeled the Gene Keys, he basically broke the keys. The keys also represent sort of aspects of consciousness into three tiers being like a shadow expression, which is like a low expression. And then the highest expression is the city. And then the middle expression is the gift. And the gift is like the bridge between the shadow and the city. So like, for example, in the gene keys, my soul essence, my, it's called your SQ, is gene key nine. And so the shadow of that is inertia. And the city, the highest expression of that is invincibility. So inertia being like, I feel completely paralyzed when I, I feel very like tapped into something big. I feel tapped into spirit. I feel very aware there's like something big that like I have access to that wants to move through me. And sometimes I feel kind of paralyzed by like the magnitude of that. And so I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not working on my book, on my decks, on my courses. I'm just like, this is too much. I can't pick up a pen. I can't do a thing. But then the city of that is 
invincibility and he uses the metaphor of like a like a big wave surfer when you're in that invincible frequency that high frequency of this ninth gene key you're like a surfer on a huge wave where like you're just cruising and you feel the force of the entire ocean behind you and you're invincible and so it's like how do you get from that mm-hmm. place of paralysis to like feeling the force of the universe behind you and it's the gift of determination which he describes which is literally just for me, I have to be in a constant state of moving forward. And it doesn't really matter what it is I'm doing as long as it's like one foot in front of the next, like moving me in a forward motion of direction. And chances are when I'm in that state of motion, the next step will reveal itself to me. That next step does not reveal itself to me when I'm like over-intellectualizing mm-hmm. and like trying to plan for what it's going to be. And so that's kind of an example of how one state of consciousness being the ninth gene key can go from being like a shadow to a high frequency yeah. of the city. That's so fascinating. And you know so much more than you give yourself credit for. I mean, I know there are people who know this language of the gene keys inside and out but you really know so much. You're such a well of wisdom. Do you remember what my main gene key is? I God, I don't. I know it's we, in the 50s because I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that gives any help. It was like a 52 or a 57. I could look it up. Let's look okay. just for fun. Let's okay. pull it up. And then I had a question about the way that it was channeled, but I'll ask the gene you that keys? No, I'm, I'm listening. I oh, can okay, talk okay. about it. Well, Richard channeled it. And you've met him, right? I have had the the blessing of meeting him a couple of times. He's one of my best friend's mentors. And so I've been around him. And he's like the most humble, grounded, lovely, unassuming man. You would just never imagine that he brought this like otherworldly, like vast body of work to life. He's just like a sweet family man brilliant genius like everything you want a spiritual guide and teacher to be just smart humble all of the things and I don't remember how long it took him but he basically had a I think this was 20 years ago maybe and he had a period of time I want to say it was like a week or something where like he says the best way he can describe it is he experienced what awakening feels like and he had like access to this technology that he doesn't take responsibility for in any ways. It, it, it's like it was already in existence and it just made itself available to him for it to be known and for him to kind of transcribe it and bring it into this dimension. And so I don't know how long it took him to actually write the book, but the technology came through in like a very kind of condensed, Mm -hmm. like dramatic period of time where he says, like, if anyone had been watching him, it would have looked like he had completely lost his mind. Which, you know, is my biggest fear, because I feel those of us who are tapped into that kind of stuff. Yeah. It could be really easily misconstrued. It's a fine line. It's It's a a very, very fine line. I'm reading a book right now about this family who really did lose their minds. Mm -hmm. Like six out of the 12 kids in the family have schizophrenia. And it's just like such an interesting book. This is such a different topic. But I'm seeing like as they started to go into those states of consciousness, that's a very fine line between like, absolutely channeling from other realms and then like they did become very sick so that's like a totally yeah totally different 
thing, but it's so wild and it's so cool that he trusted. Like, that's what you have to do. You just trust. And again, I've only met Richard a couple of times, but like what is most striking when you do meet him is he feels like extremely present and like two feet on the ground, grounded, but like very pure and like high integrity. And so I can imagine that his particular constitution and makeup, I feel like can handle opening up to like the Mm -hmm. realms that Mm -hmm. he has access to because he's so not crazy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think that's it. That's a message for all of us. Like you and I, well, you never think you're going crazy. I do. Um, I know you do. About myself. So it's just a message. Like I know how grounded I am. It's such a gift to be able to open up to those other realms. Well, I think... Your sun and Mercury and Venus, I think, are all in the eighth house. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's a challenging house. Like I said, that's like the house of fear and of, like, things that societally we don't want to look at that we'd rather kind of keep hidden, like mental illness and, Mm -hmm. like, people that aren't well. And Mm -hmm. so, like, the fact that you're even just in your free time interested to read about this. (laughs) But, like, that, it's like, of course. I'm obsessed with that topic. I always have been. It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And the fact, like we were talking about, your moon is in probably the most grounded house, the sixth house, which is like very practical. And so it's like, in some ways, even though I know the health stuff is such a challenge or has been such a challenge for you, like it is kind of grounding because it keeps you like forced to like take yeah. care of your physical vessel in yes. like a very practical way. Yeah, that's what I feel mm-hmm. like our whole journeys with yeah. chronic illness have been. Yeah. It's this opportunity to take care of our bodies, to, yeah. to have to. Yeah. Which inevitably then makes us remember that we're human and yeah. we have these bodies. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wait, so did you see what my gene was? No, I didn't want to lose um, I know. the train of I know, conversation. So okay, let's see here. Yeah. See, you guys being so, friends with someone like Lily, I can just ask her, like, what is my gene key again? I don't remember. And so if people listening want to look at their gene keys chart, they can just go to what I'm doing right now, which is genekeys.com. And mm-hmm. they have a free software where you can just type in your birth date and time and generate so cool. your chart. So your birth city Sacramento. Sacramento. October 11th, 1990, 3.14 p.m. Your life's work, like what you're here to kind of work towards and build is Gene Key 57. So it's all about learning to trust your intuition. So the shadow of that is unease. So that's a feeling of being not settled, you know, unease, like agitated and sort of out of alignment and the city, so like the highest expression of that is going to be clarity. So that's like, you know, we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. You feel clear. You feel like everything feels like as it should be. And the kind of bridge to get from that shadow state of unease to clarity is intuition. And so that intuition is your vehicle to kind of like raising from like a low frequency into a high frequency. And this actually came through to me in an ayahuasca ceremony is like I had an experience of being me. Nothing about me had changed, but I got to experience my essence and my energy in like different levels of frequency and I was not feeling well I was like in a flare-up with Lyme going into this ceremony and I was questioning whether you know again it's a fine line whether these kind of radical 
treatments and healing modalities are too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't sure if I was going to sit in the ceremony. My prayer going in was for the medicine to be gentle and to kind of like recognize that I was in a sensitive state. And the first kind of her first lesson and sort of introduction to me was she, I felt like I was in an elevator going like all the way up. And as I was going higher and higher in this elevator, my physical symptoms were melting away. And she was showing me that like there's a state of being like a high vibration where physical, these chronic ailments that you and I like kind of dance with are not present. So Mm -hmm. just as I was sharing with you what your life work is, I think that as you kind of journey from that shadow of unease into clarity and trust your intuition like that will raise your frequency which is very healing on the somatic body level Mm -hmm. too I love that no that makes so much sense the unease the anxiety the like what is my life and what am I supposed to be doing like I'm so indecisive and that's so Libra versus the clarity of just trusting my intuition and also knowing like I'm sane I'm good I'm grounded life is good Wow. So cool. So much to dive into. It's fascinating. I think everybody listening should look it up. I know now, like I've for all these years have been like asking my guests, what's your human design? What's your this? Now we're going to be getting into the gene keys Mm -hmm. and we can all learn together. Mm -hmm. Mm Okay, let's talk about AG1. I have been drinking AG1 for quite a few years. And if you're a longtime listener, then you probably know that I started drinking AG1 daily because I was a new mom and I needed a foundational nutrition supplement that supported my body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining the formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes probiotics and digestive enzymes. We all know I have had quite a battle with gut health. And this has been super helpful. So I recommend it to everyone. I drink it every morning before I have my coffee and I get so many vitamins and minerals. They're the best. So AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they've been a partner for so long and they will continue to be. If you want to take ownership over your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash blonde. That is drinkag1.com slash blonde. Check it out. Okay, so ever since I've had a baby, I have had a completely different experience with my cycle and my period. My period has been heavier. It's been more painful. And for the first time in my life, I've had cramps. I never understood. And I'm sorry to everybody who's had them for a long time when people would talk about how bad their cramps were. 
And we're told it's just a normal part of having a menstrual cycle. So I'm really excited to be working with Elix because they have changed the game when it comes to balancing my cycle and starting to feel good in my body again during this time. So unlike painkillers and birth control, Elix Cycle Balance doesn't just mask the pain. It targets the root cause of your period symptoms by correcting your unique hormonal imbalance through 100% organic herbs. Because everyone's cycle is different, Elix combines traditional Chinese medicine with modern clinical research to create personalized organic formulas that are tailored to each and every person's body. Cycle Balance is clinically proven to improve 15 of the most common period symptoms like cramps, bloating, heavy bleeding, hormonal acne, anxiety, fatigue, and more. So if you're tired of living your life around your period or looking for a healthier, more natural way of relieving your period pain, go to elixhealing.com and take the health assessment today and get 20% off the first order of your personalized psychobalance formula with the code BALANCED. So something else I wanted to ask you, you're working on another deck. And those of you listening, if you have not seen Lily's Heavenly Bodies deck, you got to get your hands on it. It is literally, if you wonder, what is our soul's home look like? Everybody's soul's home looks quite different, but I know that mine looks like Lily's because (laughs) she captured it. It's so beautiful. It's all these beautiful pastel colors. There's so many symbols. It's just like magical, truly. And that's one reason how I know that we're from the same place, which we already knew. Anyways, you have to get her heavenly bodies deck, but you're working on another one. And we've been talking about this because you really inspire me to put our work first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the way that you put your work first and you've gotten better and better at mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. which requires having boundaries, requires just kind of knowing what's important and having that confidence. How are you doing it? There's a few things that I want to speak into around this. Back to my chart and back to my kind of like surprise Aries sun. Mm -hmm. Something else you can look at in your own chart. It's two one. Oh my God, Atticus. I know. Atticus on Jordan's phone is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Perfect. (laughs) You're a healer and you knew it before he was even here. Totally. We can all look at our sun on our birth chart and then think about, okay, our sun is our purpose. It's kind of like what we came here to cultivate and and kind of embody and express in this world. And so I came here to kind of like tap into that Aries energy. And then the, the moon, it has to be in service to the sun. So however we show up for ourselves on a day-to-day basis and take care of ourselves is described by our moon placement. And so my moon is in that kind of, it's in that Virgo space, which is work and health. And it's in the 12th house of spirituality and also kind of tucked away. And it's, that's a place of solitude and a kind of like being hidden from the world. And so there is this kind of inner critic sometimes when I like go into my creative vortex in my studio and say, sorry, friends, I'm like not available for six months. But that is, you know, because I have the awareness of my chart and how to take care of myself with my moon, I actually know that for my particular makeup, like that's what Mm -hmm. I'm here to do. And 
through that is how I actually cultivate that Aries sun and that kind of like fiery, courageous, brave, independent energy. And that's not for everybody. Like, you know, your moon might be in Leo in the fifth house. So for you, self-care might look like getting a bunch of friends and going to a concert. But like mm-hmm. I know for me, it's, it is in that kind of place of like that creative incubator of solitude and connecting to spirit. So it makes the process even more sacred. But then something you and I spoke about the other day is I think that I want to push my kind of gifts and my creativity and my talents to the limit and sort of like show myself, you know, I want to express everything I came here to express. I feel there's a lot in me that wants to kind of come to life and work that wants to be made. And I look up to other artists, writers, filmmakers, artists who have made beautiful work that I have enjoyed throughout my life. And brilliance like that requires sacrifice always. And so someone who is You know, someone who's written a beautiful novel or made a beautiful film, you know, they'll take like 18 months away from life and just enter the universe that they're bringing to life. Because I think when you're a creative, you know, you're writing your books right now, you're bringing a world into this dimension. So you need like the spaciousness to tap into that world and to feel it and know it and see it and to not be kind of distracted by the reality that's here. Mm -hmm. And that's not personal. That's not to say that like the people in our lives are distractions, but I think that prioritizing this, you know, intangible thing or place that wants to come through is just a necessary sacrifice Mm -hmm. to create something brilliant. Yeah, And so that's, I am making a new deck right now and I am intimidated and excited by what that means. Yeah. The early stages of it. You're doing a really good job prioritizing it. Yeah. And I just want to have a studio like yours. It's like in the back of her beautiful house in Topanga, just filled with all the creative visions of your world that you're bringing to life. I mean, I know it's not easy to dedicate yourself to the work, but when you have a space like that, what a gift. Like, why not use it? It Um, So that's my goal. I will be manifesting a similar workspace. It's just so inspiring. I see that coming for you soon. And let me also just say you don't give yourself enough credit. I am constantly blown away by your ability to do so many things so well. Like you show up for your family, you show up for your work and you show up for yourself like in such like full presence and devotion. And I'm constantly amazed by how much you do and how well you do it. And I know that health is still a struggle sometimes, but like there is no way you would be able to show up the way that you do in your life three years ago. And like totally it's just such a reminder of how far you've come and just like your ability to actually do so much. Thank you. I'm always amazed. That means everything. Mm -hmm. Tell us. Just briefly about that, because I have my eye on the time. We we could talk forever. We could go for like another hour. Um, Ketamine therapy. I had my first experience. You inspired me to begin a journey with ketamine. I did the initial six sessions of intramuscular with medical guidance. And I was very nervous. I have like a deep curiosity to explore psychedelic spaces, but all of that Virgo energy in me can really make it a challenge to like trust and let go. And I wanted to do the intramuscular because it's like a rocket ship and it kind of like 
takes you like really far, really fast. And on a physiological level, it had the most healing potential in terms of the research. But I was very nervous to like lose control to that extent so quickly. Yeah, aside from just like as soon as I actually did sort of blast off into those realms, I am every time reminded by how at home I feel in those spaces and how safe and free my spirit feels to kind of like float. And I think just simply the reminder of that it's safe to let go mentally for some people, myself being one of them, that in of itself is like a very powerful meditation with ketamine intramuscular specifically. It's like an hour or so that you're out there. And so you're essentially meditating on freedom and trust and your cells respond to like that message from your mind. And I think that in of itself was huge for me. But then I did experience after the psychedelic effects kind of wore off, I felt like major antidepressive benefits from it. And because of the mind-body connection, I presume, I felt like huge shifts physiologically and some chronic symptoms that I had been dealing with for years. And I think kind of like what I was saying with whether it's the gene keys, like frequency bands or the kind of message that came through in the ayahuasca ceremony in terms of that there are vibrations, if you want to call them that, that are available to us, where some of these chronic ailments that we deal with are not a vibrational match and Mm -hmm. they simply melt away. Exactly. And that's what happened to me with ketamine and it did stick. It changed you. Yeah. Like I've told you many times. Yeah. It was a before and after for you of ketamine, which was so cool to see. And our other friends, Lacey brought that to my attention too. And I'm like, yeah, I see it. It's massive. Yeah. And I'm just so happy that it was your medicine in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful because it was you that That brought it to my life. That means I'm doing my job as a reflector properly. And yeah, I think ketamine for me was very different than it was for you. But it was also really transformational. I just didn't really realize how much <laughs> was going to be unearthed. Yeah. But now I feel very stable after yeah. some shock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you, I mean, it's your Aries nature. Like yeah. there you are, because as we said, you're very Virgo, very graceful, poised, reserved. But the amount of like plant medicine or days water fasting that you can handle, I will sing your praises forever, is insane. I mean, it's very fire. It's very like leader, very warrior. Like when we water fasted, Lily was like 15 days deep. And I was like every other few days, like juice, water, like just different, you know, different makeups of our souls and our bodies. And you're so strong. I mean, and you're so strong, too. It's like you've different types, different types of strengths. But I think that in the water fasting or the psychedelic spaces, something that's constantly reflected back to you is how profoundly sensitive you Mm -hmm. are. And sensitive doesn't mean weak. It just means sensitive. Just like being aware. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. full on like star seed like really not from here and the constitution to kind of match that like ethereal makeup of your spirit Mm -hmm. and learning 
through that kind of realization that that's who you are, you adjust how you show up for yourself in your day-to-day life and build a life around that sensitivity. And I think I've needed to be reminded by that I'm stronger than I think I am and I'm capable of more than I think I am. And that's what my lesson constantly is in those spaces. Exactly. And the determination, mm-hmm. back to your gene keys, mm-hmm. it determined yeah. to get through the fasting and yeah. you did it. Yeah. It's so amazing. I mean, yeah. I don't know how to ever end a conversation with I know. you because we could go into something entirely new. Yeah. So you're going to be back yeah. for part three. Yeah. This is technically sure. part two, just mm-hmm. a few years after part one. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? Instagram. Lily Ashwell or my website, lilyashwell.com. If you want to book a reading, I hope to have my astrology course out sometime around Thanksgiving. So that'll be available on my website and I'll promote it on Instagram. I'm going to hold you accountable. I mean, it's going to happen either way, but like, yeah, we're similar in like the amount of pots that our hands can be in. So I'm going to hold you accountable because people are going to want it. Please do. That's the goal. Yes. It's going to be amazing. But Instagram is really where I promote new offerings and things as they arise. So you can find me there. I'm so proud of you. I love you you. so much. You're so special to me. Literally my twin staring into your face. It morphs into my face. It morphs into lifetimes. It's one in a million. I mean, it's magnetic. It's amazing. I love you so so much. much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Talk to you forever. Forever. And we will. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.